Great to have you hey. on. Um, so um, today we're going to talk about probably about closures together, since you are the main person, I guess, in the face behind it, and probably we'll touch base on some other topics. But um, when it comes to closures together, um, how did you even start with this project? So closures together was uh, something I'd been thinking about for a little while, uh, and it was inspired by mm-hmm. Ruby together, uh, which was a program in the Ruby community where they companies and developers would pay uh, monthly membership fees to the Ruby together organization and they would distribute it out to uh, various Ruby projects that were common shared infrastructure for the uh, Ruby community. And I could see in the Clojure community there was kind of a similar need. We had these developers who were uh, spending lots and lots of time building these you know great projects for the closure community but it was often pretty much always unpaid outside of work hours and there was I, I thought there was a real risk that some of these people would end up burning out or just kind of over pushing it too hard and so I was pretty concerned that you know we were going to lose some of these great closure developers to to burnout and that would be a very sad and bad for them of course and then secondarily you know mm-hmm. bad for the closure community if you lose these great mm-hmm. developers was there any like specific story case maybe you talked to someone or anything like this i remember at the time there was there was a lot of talk about developer burnout in the wider mm-hmm. open source community uh, there wasn't there wasn't any one person I talked to inside the closure community that that was uh, saying this, but I you can kind of tell um, you know I was um, having talking with some people and you you get a feel for mm-hmm. for where people are at um, and so I had I had a thought at least that money doesn't solve every problem um, certainly can't solve some some things are just not money problems but. At the same time, money can be very helpful um, in certain cases. Um, and, you know, I, I do remember some people saying after they had received grants that they were able to kind of justify it to themselves and to their family saying, hey, you know, this is this is a paid right. project. You know, I've got this paid work for three months and it, it kind of put it in a different bucket for – for them that they could say, you know, this is valuable. People are actually excited about this enough to to pay me like real serious amounts of money um, towards it. And yeah, so that was that was kind of the goal was let's make sure the closure community stays strong and uh, that these that we can sort of support and enhance these projects that we're using. And let's see kind of what what we can do in that area. And um, so over the years, uh, there are qu- quite a bit of changes in terms of like what kind of funding can you do and uh, like how much money you spend. Um, is there any like a brief history, like where you've been, where you and then where you where we at today in terms of funding? Yeah. So uh, in the beginning, we didn't have very much funding uh we were probably pri- we were primarily developer funded 
And so we have various developer tiers uh, from $5 up to $40 mm-hmm. a month. Uh, yeah, And I'm extremely thankful for everybody as a developer who, who has funded that um, those that project that really was kind of the kickstart to to all of this. Um, there were also a few companies that signed up early as well. Juxt, Matosin, Salita, Toyokumo, Bloom Ventures, Jepson. These were all early backers that we were extremely thankful for. Just going from memory, we started at two $5,400 grants over, over a quarter. And then as the funding grew, we were able to do up to, I think, four $5,400 grants and then maybe four $9,000 grants as we started to get more support, more large companies joining. And uh, we're now up to uh, funding. Gosh, I can't even. uh, Let me just pull up the numbers so I don't. Don't make the wrong yeah eleven projects um, in uh, that we've just announced in the last uh, couple of days um, and six nine thousand dollar grants and five mm-hmm. two thousand dollar grants yeah um, over yeah and this is over three mm-hmm. three months um, well actually that's that's a good point so we originally were fairly rigid in our structure. Um, Part of that was because we were part of the Software Freedom Conservancy and the contracts had to go through them and it was pretty difficult to sort of do many rounds of changes over those contracts. Uh, But we, in 2020, we uh, formed our own non-profit, uh, Mm -hmm. 501c6, and so we were able to write the contracts. And one of the things we were able to do from that was be more flexible in our contracts. So some developers are happy with the three months spread of time. But we talked to a lot who said that was uh, maybe too long of a period that they, you know, were going to be on holiday for a month and they were you know, going to take like an open source holiday and they wanted to cram all that work into mm-hmm. one one month. And others who said, you know, I, actually I want to sort of just do slow sustained maintenance mm-hmm. over 12 months. And so we've been able to, you know, flex those contracts to to meet uh, what what mm-hmm. kind of works best for for the uh, right right. Developers. So you've been running this. Um, I talked to LVH. Uh, he's also part of uh, Closures Together. Uh, yes. And I I, mm-hmm. I also wanted to ask Keep because up. you talk about burnout and like of course you work. You do. How do you find the time to also do the work for Closures Together and how much of your time it takes you? So the other person who I also want to mention is Maria mm-hmm. Geller, um, who um, is co-worker at Whimsical and uh, also has done done a lot for Closures mm-hmm. Together. Um, so so uh, we have board members as well who are also contributing uh, to sort of the life of the project, uh, but but uh, together us three are probably sort of the main mm-hmm. contributors at the moment. Uh, so Closures Together is, is kind of a... It's it's not really like a software project, you know. There's there's a very small amount of code that I get to write uh, for the membership mm-hmm. site um, and the the website, but really like it's a it's an admin project. Uh, so we've hired a admin assistant to help us with uh, with mm-hmm. some of those tasks, uh, but 
uh, still there is quite a bit of admin admin that falls on our plate. And honestly, especially in the last two years with uh, sort of COVID plus uh, new babies, it's probably been harder mm-hmm. to find the time than than it was previously. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm I'm actively looking at ways to to sort of share that load around and possibly look at hiring somebody or increasing, uh, you know, sort of outside support that we get to make it sustainable because you're right, you know, the, <laughs> it, it um, would be ironic that we, if we would have found this project to prevent developer burnout <laughs> um, and yet we weren't able to prevent right. it for ourselves. So I don't know, if someone listens to this, if they want to get involved, like what, what are you looking for? Is there any, any call to action here or... Yeah, so uh, for people wanting to get involved, we have a number of tasks on the web app mm-hmm. membership site, which would be great to get help with. Uh, I think some of them are on GitHub issues there. Some of them are probably still in my head. So if anybody is interested, uh, get in touch with me, maybe on Clodurian Slack or by email, um, whatever you know, works. Um, right. Yeah, We'd love to have help in, in that area. Um, Next thing, if your company is currently a Closures Together member, then go and thank whoever is the person who authorized that because, um, you know, especially at the moment, budgets are tightening and uh, so it would be uh, great for companies to know that their contributions are, mm-hmm. are welcomed. And thirdly, if you do work at a company that isn't currently a Closures Together member, uh, you could talk to your boss or engineering manager or director or um, head of developer marketing or kind of whatever position makes sense within your organization and say, hey, you know, Closure Together is doing a lot of good for our company. Uh, you know, they've they've funded, I think, you know, at this point we've funded pretty much every major right. uh, closure project. That's, that's probably not quite true. I'm probably right. missing somebody out uh, by saying that. But certainly, we have funded a lot of developers, and I think uh, so. Yeah, do, do you, it's, you have been running this for like what five years? Yeah, I think What's it's about the total five years. Amount? Total funding. amount of over five years uh, of funding. Who? It's a little bit tricky because of the kind of split between the organizations, but I can tell you what we are uh, currently making um, on a sort mm-hmm. of annualized basis. Uh, let me just... So on a annualized basis, we are on track for about $260,000 mm-hmm. a year in, in total okay. membership, uh, which is pretty, pretty huge. Um, I don't think we ever really... Expected to, to ever quite quite get there. Um, we're sort of sort of at the point where the not quite, but you could almost imagine. Yeah, you know, the money's coming in. Uh, we need to you know, find productive ways to mm-hmm. to put that money to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. yeah. how do you, how do you look at this in terms of so like when this project started, uh, there was no GitHub sponsors back then. Uh, uh, there's there are no other companies that I mean there are probably some that use pa- Patreon to pay some people. And how do you look at those, uh, all of those sort of additions to the ecosystem to fund developers? 
So I I love, uh, I mean, I used to work at GitHub um, on GitHub sponsors. Um, and I loved, I loved it before. I, I still love it now. I think GitHub sponsors, Patreon, Open Collective, all of these projects for developer funding are really important, really needed. Um, and, and I really like that people have ways to do targeted direct funding of developers. Uh, so they can say, you know, hey, I'm, you know, we're big users of X project. That developer has a uh, Patreon or or a GitHub sponsors link or whatever the case may be. Let's go fund them directly. And so Closure Together has never wanted to sort of siphon money away from other um, right. <laughs> other methods to sort of inflate ourselves and make make ourselves look bigger. Um, the the what we have seen with this is that uh, there can sometimes be periods of or for for at least some developers they might have lulls of activity or they you know work on something for six months and then go hibernate or mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever for the other six months and so sometimes uh, when I've been when I was talking to companies they would say you know yeah we funded this person um, and then they just stopped working on it. And so we cancelled, which is kind of uh, firstly completely acceptable for a developer to to not always work on this uh, often part time mm-hmm. side project. Uh, but uh, so so where I think closures together is valuable is it's something that is legible to companies. So companies are able to say, "Hey, we're paying for a trade association mm-hmm. membership to uh, closure." to fund Clojure software, we're a Clojure company, we fund, we use Clojure, and so this is going to the good of our, uh, you know, to, to the good of us and the community, and that is often easier, especially in large companies, than to give money mm-hmm. to an individual. Um, it's, it's certainly easier now with things like GitHub sponsors that give you invoices, and but it can definitely, uh, is, is sometimes helpful having like an organization on the other end that can accept a purchase order or that can do, you know, pay through a reseller or these kind of things that big companies do and big companies want that individual developers are not always set up mm-hmm. to really handle very well. Um, and it lets us, uh, it, it gives the company kind of a continuous place to put their money and so we can spread it around to different projects over time as those projects you know want want the the funding you know they can apply for grants one quarter and then you know leave it leave it in future mm-hmm. quarters so yeah that that's kind of how I think about it then they're, they're not really uh, competitors we never I would never ask somebody or want somebody just to, to sort of cancel their their donation to an individual developer to give it to us instead uh, but i think they're mm-hmm. kind of complementary um so how do you normally pick a project that you're going to find uh, fund like what's the process if someone is not familiar with it yeah yeah so we we start by sending out uh uh, uh had a there so we start by sending out surveys to all of our members and we say to our members hey what is what's on your mind? What are the kind of closure projects that you 
are using? What are the ones you'd like to see funded? What categories of, of projects do you want to see to see funded? Um, one thing that's been interesting is that those categories have been relatively stable over over the last five years, really. Um, documentation, error messages, IDE support, developer tools, uh, consistently sort of the uh, build, build tooling, test tooling, uh, all of those things get a, a lot of attention from from developers um, pretty much every cycle. Uh, so then we will publish the survey results and at the same time open up the calls for applications mm-hmm. to close us together. So we'll say, hey, you know, these are the kinds of projects in particular that we want to fund. Uh, we'll also definitely fund projects outside of that, uh, th- those highlighted areas from our members. Uh, but it's nice to kind of give people an extra bump and say, hey, you know, you're um, you're working in this space. Um, and uh, oftentimes we'll also get specific projects named. And so sometimes I'll go and just talk to that person directly and say, hey, you know, our members are calling your name out. We'd really like to be able to fund you. Um, would you consider mm-hmm. applying? Uh, and so that's never a, a guarantee uh I, I, you know, I, I can't personally guarantee or pick pick any mm-hmm. projects on my own. Uh, uh, but then we will collect the uh, applications and as a committee of board members, we will uh, vote on the projects. We use a ranked choice voting system because there's so few projects relative to the number of voters that uh, you know if you were to say pick your top two or whatever you kind of you end up in weird voting situations if you don't have a a smarter voting method so we do ranked choice voting and then we'll pick the top in uh projects that that were funded and uh go and talk to them and say hey you know does this still work for you because uh sometimes there might have been a bit of delay between when they applied and when they got funded or they were going to need to, you know, talk to their work and they said, you know, hey, we, we still want to do this, but I can't do it for two months because I've got other stuff going on. So we will work out what's the, the starting time, what's the, the length of the funding that they want to take, and then we'll announce it to okay. And how often world. does it happen during the year? So normally it would happen right. four times a year. Um, um, so yeah. uh, during the five years, were there any projects that like surprised you by, I don't know, you you thought maybe, I don't know, any kind of story that you can share from the five years that you found interesting? Yeah. Uh, so one that comes to memory uh, is CLJ Doc uh, by <laughs> Martin Klepsch. Well, by lots of people at the, at this point, uh, but at the time he was uh, the one who applied for funding on it. And that one comes to memory because at the time that he pitched it, it was pretty minimal. There was there was some, you know, he'd, he'd certainly done some, some work on it already and it showed a lot of promise, uh, but there was, there was a big transformation, uh, I think, um, which is, you know, due to Martin, it's not... You know, 
he was the one putting in the hard work. Uh, so, um, yeah, that that one really comes to mind as a as one that I uh, mm-hmm. you know, was quite happy to see. Um, yeah, it, it's hard to sure. it's hard to name names because I'm always going to miss people out. Uh, but um, one that I have been well, there's there's lots that I've been happy to fund. Uh, but I think Boshida, um was was probably one that that I was particularly proud to be able to fund because he's been contributing to the closure community for such a long time, such a sort of key critical member. Um, and that was one of the projects that I had in mind of wanting to fund as part right, of Closures so Together. Cider, right? So being able to, yes, well, Cider, Orchard, uh, Ripple, mm-hmm. uh, the list mm-hmm. goes on. There's... Um, <laughs> There's a lot that that um, Bajda has been been working on, so so I'm really um, really happy about that. Um, uh, Shadow CLGS uh, we've funded multiple times, and uh, Shadow CLGS is up to I think seventy five percent of um, from the most recent survey, seventy five percent of Closure Script developers mm-hmm. were using Shadow. Um, which is, um, you know, again, the credit right. goes to Thomas, not not us. Um, but, yeah, well, I was really happy to be able to see that um, going. Um, Calva um, as well, uh, the VS Code plugin editor, we funded that. Um, and I guess seeing, seeing new Clojure developers or people I knew who were starting with Clojure, and getting to use Calva, and because they were you know VS Code edit, VS Code users prior, um, and you know saying to them, hey, go download IntelliJ or go download Emacs and install right. Cider. Like those those are good you know professional grade uh, uh, options for for closure development. Uh, but if if you're just getting into right. closure, then uh, and and you're used to VS Code already. It's a pretty hard sell to say, "Hey, you've got to go throw everything out that you know." Um, and so, being able to say to people, "Hey, you know, here's this also professional grade uh, VS Code plugin." Um, VS Code is what is it? Is it over fifty percent um, market share? It's something something ridiculous. If you look yeah. at the graphs of um, it's. Um, yeah, I mean, depends what survey you look at, but it's it's well over fifty yeah. percent at this point. Um, yeah, and Peter is doing amazing work. Which, there. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, so, um, so yeah. Uh, so the other, uh, uh, sorry, uh, the other thing that uh, we did last year, and we're we're gearing up to do mm-hmm. this again this year, was funding individual developers rather than funding mm-hmm. projects. And the difference here was that we were able to uh, have our members, companies and developers uh, vote on who was going to get picked and then those developers would get uh, get funded for uh, $1,500 a month for 12 mm-hmm. months to just do right. do what they're doing. 
and they could go create new projects. They could maintain old ones. They could kind of do do whatever they wanted and they didn't need to feel like, oh, well, I signed up for this project and so this is the one that I mm-hmm. have to do. Uh, you know, we were able to say, hey, you're doing great work. Just keep doing what you're doing and be creative. Uh, we just want to see mm-hmm. kind of what you can do when when you don't have any constraints. Uh, that, that actually reminds me another another uh, fun project that we funded. We funded Bruce Hellman to work on Figwheel. Um, and he was working on Figwheel and then sort of at the same time, he also uh, came up with uh, or, or worked on Rebel Readline, which is a sort of visual right. REPL with a lot of enhancements over your sort of traditional command line REPL. Um, so that was, you know, a surprise, a, a very happy surprise mm-hmm. for us right. um, to see that come out. Um, and point. where do you think where do you think things are heading uh, with closures together? And what do you think are sort of like the next steps here? So next steps. Uh, one thing is we're about to do our next uh, elections for board members. Uh, we have a two year mm-hmm. staggered term, so some of our board members will be finishing their current term this this cycle and will be uh, uh will be sort of voting to uh members will be voting to pick uh board members and again what do board members do so board members are in, involved in selecting projects they're also involved in steering the project steering closures together so when we have decisions to make uh, we'll sort of bring it to the board, make sure everybody is kind of aligned on on this, that there's no uh, major concerns. Uh, and then board members are also free to kind of do do more or take more take more on on top of that. So running running new projects or um, yeah, we we have some ideas for maybe you know, what we could do in the future with, I think one, I mean, firstly, I'd actually really like to hear from developers about what what we could be doing to serve them better uh, because we've got these two major projects at the moment, which is funding developers over a long term, funding projects over variable lengths of time and variable amounts of money. Uh, but I'm curious if there's there's a blind spot of of things that that we are uh, are missing. One thing which I'm interested in, uh, but probably personally don't have the bandwidth for, is some kind of mentorship uh, program, mm-hmm. where uh, this is something that Ruby Together has done, where they've taken uh, open source developers and paired them up with people who want to be uh, get into uh, open source Ruby development and mm-hmm. paid both of them for their time over some period of time to bring them both up to speed with mm-hmm. with that project. Uh, I think that's a really interesting idea. Uh, I'm so you know if especially if if people think that's a good idea, uh, love you to get in touch and, and let me know. Yeah, so so those are uh, we do have some sort of further out ideas in the pipeline which mm-hmm. are 
probably still slightly too early to 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 say cool. publicly, uh, but maybe I can tell tell you about them after the podcast. Um, sure, uh, little little secret. Uh, but there, yeah. I mean, we are we're really thankful to our members, um, to developer members and company members who have been supporting closures together over mm-hmm. over this time period. We have um, some really really generous uh, generous uh, sponsors. Uh, is it right if I just thank a couple of them here? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Ladacora, uh, Rome Research, Whimsical, Stylitics, uh, Pitch, Newbank, Cisco, AppsFlyer, LogSeq, uh, Juxt, Matosin, Solita, Adgoji, NextJournal, uh, and of course the excellent Closure Stream. Uh, which we're on the podcast of right now. Uh, <laughs> Shortcut, Flexiana, Toyokumo, Doctronic, 180, Seguros. Uh, these are some of the the largest uh, sponsors. I can't. We'd be here all day if I was to read out uh, the name of right. every every project. But I want to thank you know every everybody on that list and everybody who I didn't uh, get to mention. You know, we wouldn't have been able to get uh, anywhere near what we've done without. Yeah. Uh, the support um, and thanks to you, especially Yashik, for uh, Closure Stream. Uh, I think, to my memory, uh, yeah, Closure Stream has been very generous uh, supporting Closure together since you since you launched. Started. I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Fr- right from the start, um, from get go, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I be... think those two projects sort of were starting in the same time frame if you will i remember <laughs> you announced it and i was like yes this is great you know it's like <laughs> i love the project from the very beginning and when i was creating uh, the first course the reagent course mm-hmm. i just felt like you know of course i can pay uh, as a developer member and stuff but i feel like i wanted to do more i and then i said okay how about just give up 10 percent um so i i don't know where i where i read it um, but there was somewhere, uh, I don't remember what was it, it's hard to, to recall now, but it was more or less, it was like, you should give up 10% of your wealth over, over your lifetime to better mm-hmm. a cause, whatever that is. Um, and I felt very strongly about this, which you, you started to create. And this is, how, this is how it started. From the get-go, it was 10%. And then there was also the affiliate links. Um, mm-hmm. So if you if someone bought the affiliate link uh, with the closures together, there was more. And then there were some sales like Thanksgiving, you know, during Thanksgiving, people normally go nuts and say, well, our product is not, and during the year it's worth this much, but during Thanksgiving, we just dropped the price. And what I do during Thanksgiving is like, during Thanksgiving, it costs the same, but I just give 50%. No matter where you come from, what you buy, it goes to closures together. Um, so I, yeah, I normally don't have like any promotions, any crazy stuff during the, the whatever. It's just always, if there is a promotion, I just, I just increase the percentage for closures <laughs> together or open source, you know, just yeah. go this way. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we so. encourage all companies, uh, to, to do their future promotions in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, that, I think that's great. Um, 10%. Uh, yep. <laughs> and, and, uh, I I don't want to give away your your revenue numbers here, but uh, you know that that ten percent uh, and the fifty percent and all of those that's that's a meaningful amount of money that 
that right. um, pleasure stream. I'm very proud of this. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like yeah. I'm like when I look at the even the page, I'm like I feel like I'm among the giants. You know, you have Jux and Metos in there, and I'm just like one man show, just trying to push it up. You know, um, so yeah, I'm I'm very proud of this and very proud to like contribute to closures together and just yeah. Um, yeah. Happy to support the project and, of course, all of the developers that do the work, you know. All of the courses would not exist if not all of the work from the developers, you know. So, yeah. I mean, the same yeah. goes, like, even for, like, Shadows, you know, I can thank everyone uh, who was there. It's like, you were the reviewer of the code, and uh, Juho Tepperi was there, Thomas Heller, um, um, the creator of Reframe, um, Mike, uh, Mike, yep, Thompson, Mike Thompson, of course. Yeah. Um, then there was Sean Corf Corfield and uh, Tommy Ryman, for creator of Rated, uh, James Reeves. Um, and then, of course, for the Datomic, there was Daniel de Aguilar, uh, Paul de Grandis. Uh, I hope I'm not missing anyone. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I think that's, mo that's most of it. Uh, and I was, and of course, you, I was always very grateful to, like, whenever I create a course, uh, to have someone to look at the code and make sure. It's like it's not gibberish, right? It's like, of course, I can write <laughs> this up, but every single time, whenever I send the code for the review, uh, I always get uh, meaningful, um, uh, meaningful feedback, and it just makes the course better and just makes it more idiomatic. And I think this is uh, this is the important part. Yeah, I forgot to mention uh, Jared C. Taylor uh, from uh, the Atomic team, and also mm -hmm. uh, Stuart Holloway and Phil Carluccio. Uh, I think they're all in New Bank and they all contributed and they all reviewed the code. And um, yeah, some of the code reviews were just like, you know, I felt like it's in good shape. And then, you know, Stuart Halloway comes in and is like, oh, you should, <laughs> you know, you should not do this like this. This is, you know. So it's been great. It's, it's been great also to, also as a learning experience to, um, you know, uh, to uh, try to understand something in the level that, uh, in the points and in the level that you can try to explain it. Um, the feedback has been, has been also great uh, from a lot of people. I don't feel like there is a lot of people that really talk about it, like on Twitter, but I get quite a bit of email messages from people that took the courses. Uh, and they are, I don't think there was even a one that was like a negative. Um, some people write, it's like, oh, you know, I was a QA engineer, I did the courses, and I'm like full stack engineer closure, you know? So there's there's some really great stories. I'm really proud of this. This is not something that I really like talk about and share, but there is really, it's very gratifying um, to get those emails and like hear from people. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is great. Uh, right. Um, so um, switching gears, uh, you are currently working at Whimsical. Yeah, that's uh, right. Which is one of the awesome member of the um, uh, clo uh, closures together and a company with uh, I think a lot of character and a lot of um, I of course I talked to uh, the CEO of uh, yeah. Whimsical a few episodes yep. few episodes ago. Uh, so how's going at Whimsical? Like what you guys up to and like how does it look yeah. like from a non CEO perspective? <laughs> uh, pr probably quite different uh, to to what Casper's is uh, thinking about. Uh, so, so uh, whimsical. Probably the uh, the the biggest change recently for whimsical uh, was that last year whimsical raised funding for the first time, mm -hmm. um, a Series A funding of thirty million dollars, uh, 
And up until that point for four or five years, Whimsical had been bootstrapped and profitable uh, with, you know, able to pay pay everybody out of the the revenue they were generating as, as mm-hmm. business. And mm-hmm. so recently uh, raised funding and using that money to hire hire more developers, more uh, a hire out a whole sales team, uh, hire uh, kind of in in every function, really right. uh, to to grow uh, to grow whimsical um, because we have have a lot of uh, large and growing uh, competitors um, and mm-hmm. yeah I think whimsical has has some really great. Uh, great ideas and great character as you say uh in in the app uh, and so we're kind of just uh, you know investing more in in that mm-hmm. so were there any like specific development like you've seen like in in like of course i talked to um caspers about like the technology stack and stuff but when you joined the team were you surprised by anything that is like done in a, like any special way um, so I have to be a little bit careful not to give away any of the, the secret sauce. Sure. Um, but I think I, I was very impressed with how, how rich the application is, um, and how, how sophisticated it is. And yet it's a, you know, small ish. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a small code base. It's, Relative to what it's doing, um, I'd say you know, uh, go, you get a lot of bang for your buck in terms of lines of code, um, mm-hmm. and also it's uh, very simple operationally to run. Um, mm-hmm. We have um, like uh, our on-call uh, periods are almost always you know silent or extremely quiet. Um, so there's no, there's not like a lot of, there's nothing on fire or really uh, touch wood, you know, um, because uh, I don't think I'm on call right now. But uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, so I think just seeing like, you know, a relatively small team has produced, you know, a really great uh, rich application. It's, you know, code's in good shape. Uh, the uh, deployment system is you know in good shape we can just deploy uh any time of day it's not really a big uh mm-hmm. a big event uh you know you just merge your code um <clears throat> when you're ready uh you know usually often there'll be uh pull request reviews um but even even occasionally that's if it's kind of not necessary for for something you can just push it and merge it and deploy it when it's ready to be deployed and then you know that that kind of flow just uh is is really nice that you know we can mm-hmm. deploy on Fridays deploy on a Saturday if you like um it's uh there's there's just kind of a, a low amount of ceremony uh mm-hmm. which yeah so i guess you're using like feature flags and yeah yeah, yeah we we use feature flags uh we have uh, uh, we try and do, especially any sort of larger change 
will be wrapped behind a feature flag. We'll turn it on mm -hmm. for our workspace or maybe some test workspaces first. And then, you know, once once we're confident, uh, we'll ramp it up uh, to, to the wider whimsical user base. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, feature flags are sort of a big, a big part of having confidence mm -hmm. in, in code, uh, and and we use we also use feature flags in maybe some less obvious ways or things that aren't exactly mm -hmm. features. Uh, one one thing that comes to mind was we were changing our HTML doc type to uh, add sort of the HTML five declarations and so on. And so, you know, there's, that's pretty much the same as the, the you know, the sort of HTML4 uh, classic doc type, but there are like a handful of small differences in how some things are interpreted between the two. And mm -hmm. so we wrapped that behind a feature flag for our workspace first um, and lived with that for about a month and fixed all of the, the bugs or they were, they were mostly just visual visual inconsistencies that that arose and then once we'd got them all fixed. Yeah, um, we, would it be fine to talk about like the stages, if you will? So you mentioned you have your own workspace. Yeah. So so we will typically develop locally on on our laptops. Uh, and we have uh, Docker Docker images or you can run everything locally um, just on your on your MacBook. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything Linux specific. Uh, I'd normally run like the Postgres uh, in a Docker just because that's happens to be convenient. Uh, but yeah, you could you could run run the whole system without Docker if you right if you uh, <laughs> didn't didn't want to touch Docker. Um, and then we'll push push code up for a review, um, and at the same time we'll build a. Uh, preview environment for that code so you can test it out in a sort of production-like um, uh, environment. Uh, it's not exactly the same as production, but <clears throat> you get a reasonable idea of what things are going to look like. And then we have a sort of a preview, preview production environment for some of our services, uh, particularly the front end, uh, stuff where you can deploy to a sort of mirror of production. If you're uh, like at the moment, I'm working on, uh, some things around caching and HTTP enabling HTTP three and other sort of, uh, CDN related stuff where there kind of isn't really a, uh, <laughs> certainly not a quick way to roll back with uh, CloudFront, and uh, and it's the kind of thing where you know you, you make a mistake with that, and it can have pretty devastating consequences for for quite a while. So uh, we'll do, right. uh, <coughs> yeah. I remember I did something similar when I was launching the region course, and I used workers for something, and mm -hmm. it was just like cached forever, and I could not get rid of it. Some people were complaining. <laughs> I still cannot see updated page. And I'm like, what? Like, please reset your cache. <laughs> yeah. But that's a long time gone, so. <laughs> it's a great uh, development experience. Um, Casper's and the team, uh, you know, yeah. well before I joined, 
invested a lot of time into making it a good development experience for mm-hmm. front end and back end. Um, so, yeah, we're able to be pretty productive in mm-hmm. you know what is still a relatively small team. Right. Are you hiring? Yes, we are definitely hiring. Uh, let me just double check our careers page. Make sure I'm not uh, telling any any fibs there. Um, do we have any like today? Yes. So we have uh, sort of a general application uh, page for backend developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, today hiring in sort of North America, Europe, and New Zealand, uh, which is where I am. Uh, so if you're a backend developer and interested in Whimsical, uh, you can go go there and apply. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think also there's, uh, hopefully I won't get in, in trouble for saying this, but, you know, we're also, you know, if when the right people come along, you know, we're sort of open to trying to, trying to make make room so it's not mm-hmm. like a, a guarantee um that that we're able to right. hire other roles but certainly you know if you're interested get in touch um because yeah either either now or perhaps in the near future um you know we, we are actively looking to grow grow mm-hmm. musical uh over you know this year and also in the next year too mm-hmm. um so Going back, uh, is there anything about Whimsical else you would like to mention? Uh, one thing which uh, I I really appreciated about uh, Whimsical coming living in New Zealand was they pay everybody the same amount at the same level around the world, uh, which is you know not something that uh, all remote companies do. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, I've I've uh, worked in other places where you know I. <laughs> I would get paid, you know, maybe fifty percent less, um, or just yeah, probably fifty percent less than than a similarly situated person living in San Francisco, uh, mm-hmm. just because they they have a zip code from San Francisco and I, right. I don't. Um, so yeah, I which uh, I don't know. I have, I have feelings uh, about that as you might be able to tell, but um, whimsical, uh, you know doesn't doesn't think that way uh which you know means we're able to hire kind of all over the place and uh yeah it's it's a very transparent uh, and fair environment mm-hmm. i would say mm-hmm. um it's also actually a really interesting application to work on technically mm-hmm. there's a lot going on there uh there's you know because we're building a actually for, for people who don't know what Whimsical is, uh, it's a collaboration tool for teams and individuals uh, to to make flowcharts, wireframes, mind maps, uh, documents, and and projects. So you can use it yeah. to yeah draw out your it's ideas. Really, it's really well made product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a um, yeah, it's a great it's a great product to work on. Uh, interesting. Uh, it's pretty deep. There's a lot of sort of rich behavior going in, going into it. Uh, the other thing which I I really like about Whimsical is that there's a really high bar for polish um, that comes from mm-hmm. Casper's all the way down. Uh, so I was working on a feature uh, recently 
as an example, uh, this feature recent uh, where you can see files that you've recently opened. And the original way that we had planned to do that feature was going to be a little bit limited. You could maybe store sort of 30 or 50 or maybe 100 recent items, but it wasn't going to be in an infinite unbounded list. There was going to have to be some some cap due to how we'd planned to store it. And so Casper's uh, saw this and said, hey, you know, let's actually do this right the first time. You know, what what is the user going to expect and want? Well, they probably... <laughs> They probably don't want just their most 30 or 50 recent items. They want to see them all. They want to be able to go back in time and see all of them. And so we said, oh, you know, that's going to take you know, a lot more time. It's going to blow right through the time budget we had planned for mm-hmm. this feature. And, you know, that was fine. There wasn't like this sort of you, – you sometimes see in some some companies where this, this – Cows. Uh, f- yeah, focus on dates and hitting, you know, you planned this project and you said you were going to deliver it in this sprint cycle. So, you know, you better really go finish finish it in this yeah, sprint cycle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Where and so that was that was like a really good uh experience for me. This was uh, you know, pretty early in my time at Whimsical. And to be able to say, you know, actually we will take the time to do it right rather than mm-hmm trying to meet some arbitrary deadline that that we set ourselves. Um, so we use uh, the shape up uh, mm-hmm. process, uh, which which some people is getting sort of more and more well known. Uh, we have some modifications to it uh, in terms of cycle length and a few different things. But broadly, uh, you know, people, developers, uh, customer experience, anyone in the company can write pictures of what, uh, they want to work on, or what they want, what they think uh, somebody should work on, and then uh, those get sort of assigned to the different teams that uh, own different areas of the product. Then they will work with uh, the leadership of the company to say which which uh, of these pitches do we want to work on in the next six week cycle, uh, and then. You know, they get selected and then we work on them over five weeks mm-hmm. of, of project time and then one week of a cool down cycle and then we then we do it again. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a great company. Uh we we also get to meet twice a year. Um uh or at least yeah, currently the plan is twice a year for meeting getting the whole company to get together. Uh so that's nice to be able to see your uh co workers. Sure. In person. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's very nice. So where's the next trip? Next trip is Barcelona. Nice. In just a couple of weeks. One week? One and a half weeks? Uh, ah, so, so if you're joining now, I'm sorry, you're not going to make it. <laughs> uh, well, so we've got people joining, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of their first day effectively will be in Barcelona. So... Yeah, there is there is a narrow window uh, still still open. <laughs> cool. Um, so you've been also involved in the community for like a long time. Um, are there any like trends that you spotted over the years that you feel like it changed from this for being this way to being that way? Is there anything that I don't know you can share that you feel like is worth uh, mentioning? Yeah. So I think 
one one thing that sticks out is ClojureScript has gotten to be a you know really mature um, option uh, for mm-hmm. for front end developers. Um, I was sort of seriously involved and in, started getting seriously using ClojureScript five or six years ago, um, mm-hmm. and you know at the time it was you know the the language uh, itself you know like the the experience of like the runtime I guess was mm-hmm. was always you know great for our needs uh, but the tooling around it you know the, we we had to spend a lot of time you know investing in tooling and setting things up and building right. building those processes yeah um, but but you know now we've got um, you know shadow CLJS figwheel of course um, and um, there's uh, a lot more a lot more paved paths, I guess, in the ClojureScript uh, ecosystem mm-hmm. than than there there was prior to that. Um, <clears throat> one thing which I'm I'm very interested in how this is going to affect the Clojure community and the Java community is is uh, Project Loom, which is coming up, which is it was a, announced today. They released it. Was it was it today? Okay, well yeah. I haven't checked Hacker News this morning, so. Uh, <laughs> it's, in, it's in preview, but it's delivered. Uh, yeah, right. Okay, uh, Java nineteen. Uh, great. So, uh, for those who haven't been uh, following uh, Java, it has <laughs> just a couple of hours ago uh, finally released uh, Project Loom, which is a lightweight threading uh, right. tool which lets you, you know, operate with many, many more threads uh, than you previously could in in java uh without um so lowering the cost of threading but while letting you keep the same pro programming model that right. you had with with threads um and so you know we've seen in closure community core async manifold um all sorts of async uh prog- programs um which are you know marvelous feats of engineering uh, but certainly, in terms of uh, simplicity and understandability, I think threads, you know, probably have them have them beat uh, most right. of the time if you can, you know, fit within the, the confines of a thread. Um, and previously, that was harder than than it will be today. So I'm I'm super interested in what that looks like going forwards with, uh, you know, web servers. Do you know? I, th- I think right. there's probably a lot of projects that adopted async th- things, which may look at it now and say, "You know, do we really need uh, right. that that async stuff? Maybe not." Right. Yeah, it's very interesting. I have been looking also in this area in the all of those projects that use like Netty uh, behind, and mm-hmm. uh, there's yeah. also a project called Vertex which also uses Netty behind. And I also was wondering. And then of course the Vertex has its own async model, so actually all of the libraries had to be adopted uh, to work with that. Uh, but um, yeah, it's very interesting. I'm, I'm wondering how will this really pan out, and I'm sure there will be some use cases that. Uh, and actually, this is a conversation that I had with Thomas Heller about this. Uh, so I'm, there will be use cases where the async will still be valid, uh, but I think the yes. boundary for the blocking I/O is just like pushed much further out. Uh, so, yeah, 
Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, we mentioned Thomas so many times during the podcast and uh, over the years I also, uh, I think with Thomas, we just talked about so many topics and I feel like he's the person who somehow like helped me to navigate a lot of stuff. So yeah, big shout out to Thomas uh, for yeah. all of the discussions we had over the years and uh, yeah, it's just, just been amazing. So, um, so Daniel, will there be anything yeah. else uh, you would like to mention, talk about? <laughs> I think I think that's uh, that's all. So the uh, course direction for people uh, think of consider standing for the board in our upcoming elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, consider joining as a member, either as yourself or as a company, uh, and. Uh, you know, if you're looking for uh, a change or even just a conversation, you know, you might not be ready to to leave your current job yet, um, but please reach out um, either to me or, uh, you know, directly through our jobs page. Um, you know, we're just happy to start a conversation now and see if it's a good, if it's a good fit. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah. All right. That's great, man. It's been a blast. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. And um, yeah, I'm sure we will catch up at one one point or the other. Sounds good. All right, thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, consider supporting it by rating it on your platform and telling others about it. You can also support it directly by buying subscription at closure.stream or sponsoring it on GitHub Sponsors. All the details in the show notes below.